Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Physique Development Podcast. This show is a question-answer-based show where we take questions we have been asked by our listeners and answer them through our industry experience as coaches and from our own professional perspectives. But today, we'll be doing things a little bit differently. The podcast is normally the three co-owners, Alex, Austin, and Sue, but as a, a company, we have other coaches on staff. Today, I, Coach Sue, am joined by Coach Courtney Weisenflu. Hello, I'm Courtney. You'll be hearing from Courtney, getting to know who she is, and you'll quickly see why she is on staff with Physique Development. We'll dive into her life, her background, and a topic she has chosen, as we still want this to be an education-based podcast that you all, the listener, take something away from, which will be all about body recomposition. This is the first installment as we go through each PD coach, introducing them and telling you a little bit more. In episode four, you heard me talk on the concept that people buy coaches, not coaching, and we want to not only feel connected to our coach, but we also want to know that they are knowledgeable. So without further ado, let's hear from Courtney. Courtney, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me here today, Sue. Um, I would say by day, you could call me a corporate businesswoman, quote unquote. Um, I actually work for a well-known insurance company and have for the past three and a half years. At the company, I've worked in data analysis, project management, and sales consulting, and now my primary focus is in strategic communication. Um, Back in college, I went to Indiana University, go Hoosiers, and studied communications and business management. And since I graduated college, I've lived in the city of Chicago for two and a half years. I also recently spent about nine months living in Scottsdale, Arizona, which was a fun little adventure for me. Um, I'll share a couple of fun facts. So I was born on Christmas. I have a cat named Jeremiah or Jay for short. He is super chill, but also a diva. He loves belly rubs and only drinks out of a fountain. Um, I am getting married in just under a year to my fiance, Kevin. I am an ISFJ but I took that Myers-Briggs quiz about seven and a half years ago, so it could have changed. Um, I am an Enneagram three wing two. I learn by seeing and doing. I am definitely an introvert, but a more confident introvert. So I process things internally and I reflect and I write notes and I prepare thoughts and then I can come forward and present and I love speaking to things I'm knowledgeable about or passionate about. And you also had told me about a favorite quote that you have. So what is that? (laughs) I just saw this recently, but I thought it was great. Uh, The favorite quote is, it's your story, but feel free to hit him with a plot twist at any moment. Awesome. I love that quote. We'll definitely (laughs) be keeping an eye out for any plot twists you decide to throw our way. Um, (laughs) But I did want to touch on Enneagrams. I think that it would be a fun podcast to do in general to kind of touch on the different Enneagram types Mm -hmm. as it's something that I've recently gotten into um, and Alex and I kind of dove into. And Alex is actually an Enneagram um, type three Yeah. I was like, wait, is that worded correctly? He is a type three. um, And I think that it was something once we took it, we were like, oh, we should have every physique development coach take it just because it's something that you can really learn about how each person thrives. Mm -hmm. And you can really learn about how each person is going to benefit. So for something for me, which I kind of already knew this about Alex because of us taking the love languages quiz and being Mm -hmm. able to really learn about how each person ticked. But it was something where 
I'm an Enneagram type two. So I'm denoted as the helper. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm the wing that is hostess, which I'm blanking on which wing that necessarily is. And that is me to a T. But it's something that I don't mind not getting all the public credit, but I do like being a leader. And with being an Enneagram type three, it's something where you do like that public credit a little bit more. So it's interesting because it's something within our dynamic and us coaching and then us owning a business together where it's like, oh, okay, we can understand how we need to work together to thrive. So just a side note there, you should definitely take an Enneagram quiz, learn a little bit more about yourself and um, have your loved ones or people you hang out with to take it too, because it's just cool. Um, And one thing I did want to touch on with being an introvert, it's something that um, you'll often hear the 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 term introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert. Mm. Um, And I kind of don't like that term because I feel like it's not conceptualizing what it is to be an introvert or what it is to be an extrovert. Um, Because at the end of the day, it doesn't mean, and you touched on this, it doesn't mean that you're shy because you're an introvert. It can mean that you are shy, but um, introvert and extrovert doesn't necessarily determine how outgoing you are. It's more so how you thrive and how you're recharged, in my opinion. So when it comes to being an introvert, I am not recharged by public situations or being in like social situations. I love social situations and not that I just want to become a hermit crab, but it's something that I, because we went and did something and Alex was like, would you consider yourself an extrovert? And I was like, absolutely not. And he was just like, well, you're very outgoing. And I was like, yes, I'm outgoing, but I'm charged by alone time and extroverts are charged by outside time. So I think it's an important note to make there, but I think it's really cool to even be able to know that about yourself. Um, And it's something that in this podcast, as we dive into different topics, um, not only on this episode, but on different episodes in general, it's diving into how you can learn more about yourself to be able to have a more sustainable lifestyle. Because the less you know about yourself, the less you are good at reading yourself and listening to your body, the harder it is to be reflective, introspective, and to make those strides forward. Because if you're always living in that victim mentality, or even in the mentality where you don't understand why things are happening to you, it turns into a pretty slippery slope of a life. (laughs) Right. Like you need to become your biggest advocate, as cliche as that sounds, but like you have to stand up for yourself and set those boundaries. So even when it comes to like, I know I'm super tired and there's a social event that of course I would love to go to in theory, but I don't have the capacity to show up well. And I'm someone who cares so much about being present for my people. And I've learned the difficult way, to be honest, that like it's more fruitful to take the time to rest or rejuvenate or like have that refresh time, which for me is by myself, um, and then come forward at a later date or a later time where I can actually like maximize the time with that person rather than just being there, but not being able to focus or not being able to be like my fun and goofy self because I'm thinking about other priorities or I'm exhausted and just like not very energetic. Yeah, absolutely. So I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's important as coaches, as a staff that we understand about ourselves, we're able to teach that towards clients and be able to allow them to navigate through these different situations Mm -hmm. because they know more about themselves. So from there, let's go ahead and have Courtney. Why don't you tell me about how you got into lifting and fitness and just activity? Sure. So I started playing sports pretty young. Um, my dad played soccer in college, actually. So he's always been the most active advocate for my involvement in sports and physical activity from a young age. 
Um, in junior high, I played soccer, but I also spent a year swimming competitively, which was a little random, but definitely paid dividends. Um, it improved my endurance and my cardiovascular strength and took me out of my comfort zone for sure at the time. And I remember thinking like, wow, our practices were so hard, but I made new friendships and the intense cardio definitely helped me shed a little baby fat before high school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In high school, I actually played golf my freshman year, which uh, again, a bit random, but my dad is great at the sport as well to this day. And I was not great, (laughs) but I wasn't terrible. (laughs) Um, And I joked to Kevin, who also is not a golfer, that golf may be the one sport I can beat him at. So the verdict is still out, but I cling (laughs) to that. Um, But I have a a respect for the game and would love to get back on the course one day. I have to go to a top golf as a team. (laughs) Okay, I'm very, very bad. And (laughs) it's either like hit or miss where I did really good the first time. And each time, um, like Alex tried to record me to show to our friends that are good at golf. I like just whiffed each time. I was so (laughs) bad, but it's so much fun in that social setting where you can just kind of suck as long as you don't have too bad of a sore loser, which I'm normally the sorest loser. So as long as I don't let myself be that way, then it can be a fun activity. So oh yeah, quick, funny story on that note. Um, Again, my dad was great at golf and an advocate for me playing golf. And we would go to the driving range as like a freshman in high school. Um, And so I vividly remember I would whiff sometimes or just like have an uneven pivot in my swing. So he would literally stand at a safe distance and hold my ponytail straight. (laughs) So that when I swing back and then swing forward, I wouldn't bob too much or like miss the ball. Yeah, I doubt anyone has ever used that method besides my dad. (laughs) It helped. (laughs) Um, So yeah. High school, I played soccer, a quick stint of golf. Um, I actually ran track and field for a little bit, which I now know you did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran the 400 and the 800 individually and in relays and tried my hand at long jump and triple jump for fun as well. And with both track and soccer, I lifted weights here and there. Um, but I honestly don't remember spending too much time learning how to properly train. It was more so going through the motions, showing up in the mornings. Um, I tried hard. Don't get me wrong. But looking back, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like there was less intention. A hundred percent when it comes to those sports. And I think that a lot of times when people get into lifting and fitness, it comes from having that background of organized sports and really enjoying the process, but then not understanding, okay, where do I go from here now that I've had this structure? I've had this thing that I've been going for. And like you said, you worked hard and I worked hard at every sport I did. I wasn't phenomenal at every sport I did, or I would be here doing a sports podcast maybe. Um, But (laughs) it is something that it, it showed me that dedication that I liked being a part of something, but I didn't really know how to lift and how to get into that. So Mm -hmm. it's really cool to reflect on that and also set yourself up, not only your clients, but also just thinking about like future family, being able to understand like, okay, how am I going to set my kids up for success? Because it's not only when it comes to fitness and health. Yes, the aesthetic side is great and it's an added bonus. Awesome. Love that. Mm -hmm. But it's also something that you want to be able to provide for yourself and for your family with your health. You want to be able to show up as your best self. And that's what I preach time and time again, is it's not just like, oh, I'm 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 lifting for my pure vanity. It's I'm lifting because I want to be able to play ball with my kids when I am older. Or right. even if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're like, uh, kids are not part of the picture, being able to have a fruitful life where you're not held back by 
illness. And it's something that if you don't focus on your wellness, you will be forced to focus on your illness. So being able to have a family that was so um, supportive and really pushed you to be active, it's something that you can do within your friendships, your relationships, and then a future family down the road, um, being able to have that in place to teach that intention to set up more for success, which I absolutely love. And that's the thing I get like jazzed about when I think about like impacting people, bringing on other coaches, helping clients, helping myself. It's being able to like really change the the trajectory of what things look like in the future, which right. is a cool thing to think about. You could revo- revolutionize your entire life and yes. get the way you prioritize your time for yourself and your spouse and your children. I agree. It's amazing. Yes. Um, so you mentioned like how you can really provide for your whole family if you set the right example. And um, I am so, so grateful that my parents encouraged me to try sports and try new things as well. I was never afraid to pick up something new. And I was also never the superstar in one particular area (laughs) or at my sports, but I was always improving as an athlete and a teammate. And I do think that sports were significant in my mental and physical development over the years. Um, I was never the star on the team, definitely not, but I enjoyed the competition and I enjoyed the physical activity and the way that I felt after the movement. I enjoyed the camaraderie and the friendships that came from being on a team. And I learned how to get along with people who thought differently than me and who worked differently than me. And honestly, people who were much cooler or more popular than I was at the time, (laughs) um, And I didn't have the desire back then to necessarily be number one on the field, but I still found my place on each team. And I tried to work hard and listen well because I wanted to improve and I wanted to play well for my teammates. And I also really respected my coaches and I learned that I could earn their respect by being a dedicated and consistent team player. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So let's go ahead and dive into food because we dive into activities. So tell me just a little bit about kind of what food was for you growing up and what that looked like. Yeah. Great question. So food wise, I was raised in a wonderful home where my parents were very thoughtful, especially my mom, um, about preparing healthy foods for my brothers and me all growing up. Um, I think I had a very normal physique in high school. I was active and healthy, but I did eat a lot of food. And I grew up with two brothers and my dad. And I remember, you know, matching them when we go out to eat and ordering the full-size meals, even when I was a bit younger and feeling proud of me cleaning my plate. Um, But I never worried that I was eating too much or necessarily unhealthy foods because I knew my mom was being intentional when she was preparing my, my dinners or my lunches. And I knew I was active enough to prevent unhealthy weight gain. Um, So I didn't think much about my body. And um, I think that was really, really wonderful. Like that's a blessing because I could have been a lot more self-conscious or body focused younger. And that would have probably changed the way I developed growing through high school. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I will say things started to change for me my senior year of high school. I actually had foot surgery that winter, which prevented me from running track and field that spring. And I had a rough recovery from that surgery. I was in a full boot and crutches for two months, actually a bit more. And um, I was obviously much less active than I had been before that for a prolonged period of time. And I think this is where I started to become more aware and conscious of my body. Um, Plus any angst that I was already feeling was heightened when I started hearing about the freshman 15. (laughs) And I realized for the first time in as long as I could remember that I was about to be on my own without a team or coaches to manage my workouts when I got to college. 
And (laughs) about that same time, Instagram was on the rise. So I think it was three years after the app was created, but right when people my age started making accounts to post about their life. And somehow I found my way to a few fitness accounts of people who were competing in physique competitions. And I saw them and their photos. And I was just like, how how do they look like that? Like, what are they Literally. doing to, what are they doing through life, in life to look as good as they looked? And I know that's just my opinion of their image, but um, I started going down some online rabbit holes and I was reading these captions and following so many of these people, watching videos, trying to learn how they were eating and exercise to look so strong and lean in my opinion. And I started naively adhering to some of these widespread but inaccurate rules to try and lose fat and build muscle. And um, this was now into college. So I was probably eating around 1,300 calories my freshman year, lifting weights four to five times a week, more with more intention and with more regimen than I had been in high school, but still with a lack of knowledge. And um, on top of that, I was biking and running and walking a ton around my campus every day. So um, I was not eating enough to support my level of activity at the time. And outside of nutrition and exercise in college, my lifestyle, generally speaking, was very busy. I cared a lot about my academic success, and I was involved in several extracurriculars. I also had a job on campus where I worked a few days a week, and I was so busy that I literally would time block every hour of my day in my beloved planner (laughs) to make sure that I could accomplish everything I needed to accomplish. Um, But that being said, I rarely rested. And anyone who lived with me or was a friend of mine at the time could attest to that. And my lifestyle was stressful back then. Like I see that now. My freshman year of college, due to all of this change in my lifestyle, I did lose weight, um, actually about 25 pounds, and I became pretty lean. And as a result of the lack of body fat, I actually lost my menstrual cycle. And after that freshman year, I didn't really lose any more weight, but I stayed about the same size and maintained that same go, go, go lifestyle. And these habits carried into my first couple of years after college. I moved from IU to a new apartment in Chicago, but had no existing community or support system in the city. I was acclimating to my first full-time job, which also included a three-hour round-trip commute into the office each day. Um, I started trying to establish new routines with eating and exercise. I joined a choir, which was a favorite hobby of mine at the time. I joined a church. Kevin and I were dating long distance, but again, I wasn't resting. Um, And I was also only sleeping five or six hours a night consistently with my commute for work. So about two years ago, I realized something needed to change. And I decided to pursue formal education about nutrition and started thinking about what it might look like to hire a coach of my own to learn how to change and support my body and regain my menstrual cycle and improve my physique from the inside out. Yeah, I absolutely love hearing that. And I think that a lot of the listeners could probably relate to a lot of that of just getting into college and being scared, where it's just like, I have all this freedom, and I have no idea what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I need to reinvent myself or decide who I want to be for the rest of my life. And then I also am dealing with the fact of wanting to be accepted and wanting to be loved, and then wanting to find my place in college, and then also being fearful of being that person who gains the weight in college, which 
I want to go ahead and make a disclaimer here. It is not a bad thing if you do gain weight in college. So do not think of me saying like being the person who gains weight. I'm just saying from your perspective, I'm sure most of us going into college, it's something of like, oh, I don't want to gain the freshman 15, or I don't want to be the person who gained the freshman 15. But it is not inherently bad to gain weight in college whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the same for me, where I went to college just scared because I I had structure all growing up. My parents were very loving and very wonderful, and they still are. I make it sound like they aren't anymore. (laughs) Um, They were wonderful. They are wonderful. But I just never had that type of freedom before, and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I was going out and drinking and eating a bunch, but I was training consistently. So I was kind of a little bit of the flip up to you Mm -hmm. of I was training and I was consistent with that, but the nutrition never matched up with it. And then it literally like flipped a switch where I was like, I don't want to live my life this way anymore. I feel miserable. I look miserable. This is not how I want the quality of my life to be anymore. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm done. I'm finding an answer. And at that time it was like, Pinterest, everything. And I had screenshots on my phone of like physiques I wanted to look like. And then that's when Mm -hmm. I started to find, like I found competitors first before I found like fitness Instagram. I found competition Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, like you said, what are they doing to look like this? I want to look like this. I am so like, I admired their physiques. I admired the way they looked. I admired like the dedication. And I was like, how can I make this happen for myself? Mm -hmm. And that's when I deep dove into how much can I learn about the human body to be able to facilitate this? But one question I want to ask you before we dive into like you finding a coach and you being able to embark on that journey is just kind of, are you thankful for that time that you weren't resting to be able to get you to this point now? Um, or was it something where you're just kind of like, oh, I feel like it helped, but I, I could have gone either way. I'm extremely thankful for it. Um, and I wouldn't change the way things happened because to your point, you get to college and I was 100% on my own trying to fill the space in the void and coming from high school where I was just like very academically focused, but I had my sports and I had like a built-in structure and balance because I was in the sports. I had the coaches, I had my family to keep me grounded. I had my friends to keep me social. And then I had the school. It was just like evenly dispersed by the way, by the circumstance. Mm -hmm. And I got to college and I I didn't know what to do with my time. And um, I think for a while, my identity was wrapped in my academic success and the perception other people had of like how I was as an intellectual and how I was just as like succeeding in life. But I was self-critical. Like I was not in the best place mentally and I was exhausted and just like very depleted in so many ways trying to like show up perfectly in all these different spheres of life. And, and for a while I just like I didn't know it at the time, but I I did not have my full zest. I was not fully present in a lot of things for a lot of people. And I will definitely attest that Kevin, after meeting him, which was in my sophomore year of college, was one of the first and wonderful things that helped me like realign and learn that my identity isn't just in like the work that I'm doing. I was always working. And he helped me realize like you can be less productive for periods of time, you know, like you can just be playful and goofy and joyful and like just sit in the space with people and like let natural conversation arise. And it was just like a new way of thinking and being for me. And as 
like looking back on everything in retrospect, now having gone through all of that, I can relate to people who are in that mindset now or who have struggled with that in the past, um, who are either like fighting to find what's true out there when it comes to eating and exercise or who are very self-critical but like want something to change and don't really know how to start. Um, Like I just want to scream from the rooftops (laughs) because I know what that's like. I've been there. And there is so much freedom and peace that comes from having that knowledge about the human body to learn what we actually need and that we actually should feel good all the time. And like there are ways to do that and to achieve the physique that you're looking for and to be successful in life, like more broadly without having to grind yourself into the ground. And it comes down to learning how to like set those boundaries based on yourself after some self-reflection. And so I just think I can authentically speak to so much of that because of what I've been through. And it's like by no means the end of my journey, like Mm -hmm. I'm still in this, but, um, I think it helps me relate to people because I don't think I'm alone in the mentality that I had or that I even have now. And it's just like I'm continually learning and refining um, how to just be successful in life from a physique and health standpoint and from a professional standpoint. Balancing all of these things is no easy feat and you have to be intentional. And so it's like the intention I've gained and the realignment of my identity, not just in my work or the perception of others' success, Mm -hmm. um, but just like in who I am as a a person and who I believe the Lord made me to be and um, who other people value me as. Like it's not just my physique or it's not just my grades. Like I'm a full package. So I've I've, definitely are a full package. (laughs) I've grown to appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a few things I want to pull from that. You had talked about just the perception of others. And I was wrapped up in that for so long and sometimes still am. I mean, like you said, I'm still on this journey of my health and fitness and figuring out how to balance it all. Um, But it is something that you had talked about of just normalizing, not feeling good all of the time. And you didn't realize until you started to feel good. Oh, I should feel good most of the time or I should yeah. feel better. So what are some things within college and that time? And one last thing I'll say there is uh, you talked about being busy and there's times that you don't have to be as busy. A big distinction for me was realizing there's a difference between being busy and productive. I was very busy in college, but I probably wasn't very productive or I really strived off of, like you said, people viewing my hard work and being like, Sue's always busy. She's always doing something. But was I actually making good use of my time? And was I actually being the most productive I could be? Because you can be busy and get absolutely nothing done and you can be productive for a shorter period of time and just get shit done. Um, So that's a, that's a distinction that I think is important to make, but touching on that, what are some things that you normalized during college for how you felt that you feel like anyone listening, like you shouldn't normalize feeling this way either throughout your fitness journey or while you're trying to start your fitness journey? That's a very good question. So the first thing that comes to mind is my hunger. Um, So obviously we all have natural hunger cues and you want to pay close attention to those. And when your body is telling you it's hungry and you have an otherwise healthy metabolism, you should fuel it with nutrient dense, wholesome food a majority of the time. And I was in a routine where I would like eat whatever I needed just to like curb the crazy hunger that I felt, or like I'd wait through so that the hunger passed 
and then I wouldn't necessarily eat for still several hours. And that wasn't conducive to my level of activity at the time. And so like I just got used to being hungry a lot and then I'd eat, but then I'd be like very, 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 very hungry between meals. And like that that was my body saying like, listen, Courtney, you need more food here. Um, so I normalized that and I, I lived in that way for a really long time. Um, in terms of my like sleep and general energy, I would wake up with alarms because in college you don't like have the freedom to set your own schedule. Yeah. I would argue <laughs> unless you are able to like work from home with a job that requires you to be in the office, you don't have that freedom always either. But I would wake up feeling like very tired. And then with the social pressures that come from being in college, I would like push way past my natural signaling to like mm -hmm. go to sleep and stay up and be with friends or go drink or whatever. And I am a, is a, am a system where like I start to feel run down and a little bit sick. Like when I know if it's been a few days and I don't sleep enough or I don't eat enough or whatever, I'm running, I'm stressed, even just like internally, um, that I... I like start to feel sick and it's not a good feeling. And I would just like live in that mediocre state for mm -hmm. weeks or months. And I was just like, I just can't kick this cold. But really it was me probably not giving myself enough recovery. And so it's like, it took me some time, but I had to be diligent about being like, okay, I'm going to sleep in this day. And even though I think I'm not being productive, it is more productive for me to like sleep until eight or nine and get eight or nine hours of sleep or not go out, even though like my friends are really pressuring me to go out, just find another time that I can spend with them, um, but not where I'm like already poured out, like I have no energy mm -hmm. left. Yeah, I would definitely say in college, it was kind of like this energizer bunny situation where I knew I had so much to do that I never allowed myself to be tired because I knew that if I stopped, I wouldn't start back up again. Mm. And so it was something of like, just like you said, running yourself into the ground. And I had a crazy schedule in college where I would be on a radio show at 4 a.m. in the morning. And then I would go to my classes and I would have class from like 8 a.m. to like 6 p.m. And then I was on a TV show. Um, until like 8 p.m. And then oh I worked gosh. a job until like 10 or midnight, depending on when they needed me. And it was just constant going to the gym at some point during that and also meal prepping and trying to be social and probably drinking way too much. And I just normalized feeling like crap, like complete, utter crap, yeah. because I was like, this is how it's supposed to be when you're working hard and when you're grinding. And there yeah. are going to be times in life where you do feel run down and you just need to push through it. Of course, because it's not that every situation in life calls for being well rested and having hours of you time and being able to do that. That's not really how life works. <laughs> There's going to be those times of pushing, those times of pulling back, but understanding that that's not a normal to feel that way constantly. And I just wanted to touch on that mm -hmm. because I'm sure there are plenty of people listening, whether they're in college or not. I mean, I've had clients that are past college where they just have normalized feeling bad and knowing that on a day-to-day -day basis, you shouldn't feel bad. You should feel like a functioning human being. And you might not even know what that feels like. And that's that's sad to come to that realization. And I had to come to that realization for myself. Mm -hmm. Courtney had to come to that realization. But I can also promise you, and I'm sure Courtney will echo me here, that it's worth it 
to come to that realization to kind of hit not necessarily rock bottom, but near it. And then be like, I need to pivot. I need to change. I need to make something right. And for me, it was extremely discouraging because I was like, well, I've worked so hard and I've done so much and I'm not where I want to be yet. Mm -hmm. But it's the concept of the fact that life is going to happen anyway. And especially if you have a goal, the time commitment shouldn't matter for you committing to it. Right. And for me, life was going to continue. I was going to keep going. So might as well figure out why I felt so bad and do something about it instead of just being like, oh, it seems like a lot of hard work to like really dig into myself, which it is. <laughs> and it's it's just, it's work that no one else can do but you. Um, oh but, <laughs> but it's something that it's worth digging into and it's worth figuring out why you feel that way and being able to... Um, to, to, to move and change and figure that out. So um, mm-hmm. as Courtney said, she uh, a lot changed when she did decide to not only um, devote herself to learning about the body and learning about herself, but also for being able to have someone's hand in that. So why don't you go ahead and talk through a little bit about how you decided on finding a coach, how you found your coach and who your coach is for those who don't know. Um, and then we'll kind of go into what made you want to become a coach. Sure. So I mentioned that early on, I started an Instagram profile and following several competitors just because I was drawn to their physique and curious about their lifestyle. And very early on, um, Emily Duncan was one of the first few people I started to follow, just happened to come on um, my profile. And so I followed her all through college and I followed other people. But as I started learning more about the body, just from my online, like, individual research. Um, I realized that some people were triggers for me in the way that like they were probably under recovering or a little too lean for like the long term or sharing information or guidance that I didn't necessarily think was accurate. And I thought it was triggering to me because it was encouraging me or making me feel like I should be leaner or like I should work out harder or I should be eating less. So I stopped following some people, but I always followed Emily because she seemed to have a good head on her shoulders. I just thought she was funny and entertaining. Um, And so I kept her on my Instagram and she has had an incredible journey of her own. I mean, like so many twists and turns, but um, she at one point changed coaches and hired our very own Alex Bush to be her coach. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I just like noticed her posting about that and I was seeing her physique change quite a bit in great ways. And this was towards the end of my college career into the first couple of years out of college. And I like loved the way her physique was changing. And I was like, she seems to be thriving internally from a health perspective and externally. And she would share praise about her new coach. So at one point, I just had an epiphany one night and I was like, I have so much passion about this. And at this point I had already decided to pursue my nutrition certificate um, and some other formal education. And I was like, I should have a conversation with a coach and see if this would make sense for my situation. And I was also really working on like my internal health and my hormones. And I thought, you know, maybe this could serve me in so many different facets. So I reached out to Alex and um, we have done a quick phone call and immediately I was very excited based on the feedback he shared and he seemed enthusiastic as well. Um, 
and confident in the fact that he could help me in my situation. Um, and so we actually started a formal coach client relationship, I think 14 months ago. Um, and I love it. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. And actually, Courtney had mentioned earlier that she was in Scottsdale, Arizona for a few months. Um, I think it was about nine months. And when we went in January, I want to say it was, yes, because I I remember Alex booked it without telling me. And then he was like, oh, we're going to this seminar in January. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, it's in Arizona. I was like, get me out of the Midwest in January. Sign me up. Heck yeah. And then one of the last days we went to a coffee shop and he was like, oh, my coach or my coach, <laughs> my client Courtney is going to stop by and say, hey, she had a few more questions. And I got to meet you at that point in person for the first time, which was really cool. Um, and it was something that before you and Alex met, he was like, this is someone that I see a lot of potential in. And she's here because she has questions about coaching. But he had said to me, like, I think she'd be a great addition to the PD staff. Or like, I think that we can do something with her in the future. And I was just like, okay, I have no clue who this person is. But sure, like, you're a great <laughs> judge of character. Um let, let's do it. Um, and so I met Courtney and I was like, oh, she's super sweet, super nice. And she had her precision nutrition level one finished by that time. And I think possibly level two as well. Um, and then I, we had met and then I had started to follow her to like get more of a feel for her. Um, and it's just so cool to see that come full circle now and just be mm -hmm. something that, I mean, nine months ago, it was like, oh, this would be a great fit. And now we here we are um, doing a podcast, introducing you as a physique development coach, just because that Alex was right. Um, and Alex, now it's on recorded. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's public knowledge that I just said Alex is right. Uh, but on this one thing, I will give him that that praise there. Um, if you do not know listening to this, Alex and I are husband and wife. And so we, we joke <laughs> often back and forth about who right or who's always right. Uh, so it, it's been fantastic to see Courtney grow within her confidence for herself, her confidence within coaching, and now to be able to bring her on as part of a physique development, the physique development staff. So with that, um, I want to ask you just kind of why you wanted to become a coach after you had dived into fitness and decided to pursue that formal education? Mm -hmm. What was the difference of you being like, oh, I'm just going to keep this for myself and keep going after it myself? Or why was it the fact of, no, I want to help people with this? Yeah. Well, thank you very much, by the way. Yeah. I, obviously, <laughs> it is a privilege to join the physique development team. Um, there's so much goodness to come, and it's already been a, an amazing ride so far. So uh, grateful that Alex saw some <laughs> potential, but just so, so honored to meet you and the whole team and to finally be joining as a, as a formal member. Yeah. Um, so speaking from experience, I think what most people will find is that with a knowledgeable coach, changing your physique or improving your health is less difficult than you might initially perceive it to be. Meaning it does not involve crazy drastic measures or have to be suffering for anyone at any point in time. Um, and if you do things intelligently and methodically and you respect your body by prioritizing your internal health the whole time, you will see results while you're still able to rock and roll through life. Um, the important part is it just might take a little bit longer than you initially thought it would. And now to be clear, if you want to change your physique and you hire a good coach, you should anticipate changes to your day-to-day -day routine. And these changes are usually related to the way you prioritize your time and allocate your energy, kind of like we were already speaking to. But here's the thing. 
the beauty and the freedom that comes from hiring a good coach is the fact that you're no longer alone trying to figure out what's true or what's false online. And you're making half-baked decisions or rules or commitments to yourself about the habits that you're going to change. Like, like you heard, that's how I lived for years. And from my experience, if you're living this way, you could become hyper-focused on what other people are doing or constantly wondering if what you're doing is correct or enough or good or bad. Mm -hmm. And this can be a slippery slope. You can easily fall into a dark or negative space in your mind about yourself and your identity. And you're way more likely to pay the, play the comparison games. Um, and for me, at least, I was always in my head about the way I was eating and exercising. And I would berate myself. And most days were bad days because I would wake up like in the negative with these lofty boxes I wanted to check during my very busy day. And I wouldn't, it wouldn't become a good day unless I checked the boxes and hit my macros and went to the gym and did everything I needed to do. So most of the time I was feeling either stressed because I wanted to check all the boxes and I was afraid of messing up, or I was feeling guilty because I would come to the end of my day having quote unquote failed at one of these things. Um, but what I found immediately when I started studying to earn my certification and when I hired Alex to be my coach was that there is so much power and peace that comes from having legitimate knowledge about the way that our bodies work and an expert to help carefully guide me through what changes I did need to make in a healthy way. And through the education and coaching, I also learned how to view my body and my progress more objectively. So I was like stepping back and viewing my body as an incredible, dynamic, complex, adaptive organism. And instead of just tying my self-worth to the way that I looked or finding my identity and confidence in my external physique alone. Um, so being more objective has actually helped me care for my body so much more and consequently achieve better results. And the results I've achieved over the past year and a half, I think are like proof in the pudding um, because before seeking the knowledge and hiring a coach, my internal health was not in a good place and my confidence was rooted in the wrong place. And I felt like I was spinning with so much content clouding my judgment, but not really knowing where to turn. And I was afraid to do the wrong thing or to mess up all my progress, quote unquote, with the weight that I had initially lost that freshman year. Um, but seeking the formal education, working with Alex, and surrounding myself with people like you who are well-educated, <laughs> of course, experienced, so passionate, and so caring has literally transformed my perspective on living. And I feel an, a level of empowerment I'd never felt before. I feel a level of strength I'd never felt before. I feel a level of passion that I honestly didn't know I was capable of feeling. And I want to help other people find the knowledge and the confidence and the peace that I have found while achieving their goals to improve their physique. And like you mentioned earlier, all I want is to help clients enhance their life for the long run. And I think that's possible. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And like I said, you guys would quickly understand why we wanted Courtney as a part of the physique development team. She holds that passion. She holds that care. And something that with physique development, we get on calls with all of our incoming clients. We talk them through what they're getting because it's it's very hard within this space to be like, 
Well, people can promise a lot of things, but do they actually know what they're talking about? And we hope through physique development, through this podcast, through the videos that we make, through the content we put on social media, we've established ourselves as true experts that we care about our clients and that we want them to be successful. Um, But it's something that can be extremely scary when it comes to hiring a coach. Because again, all these promises of grandeur and being able to do all these Mm -hmm. things while maintaining this body, it seems too good to be true. Um, And sometimes for coaches, it, it is too good good to be true, where they completely just like exacerbate a bad situation and they just want to make money, which it's always going to be there. And every job field that there is in general, it's going to be there. Um, But it's a little bit tricky when it comes to health coaching. Um, But one thing on those calls that I normally say is, outside of all of the things you get with hiring a coach, with having a coach, you get accountability, which is huge. Mm-hmm. You get support because I know when I first started my fitness journey, I did not have support. I had people who are like, why are you stopping drinking? We're all going out, having a good time. Like, why are you doing this? Um, you get support. You get to stop second guessing yourself, which is what I fell oh into time and time again. I just spent on those wheels. I could have been a pro cycler at that point. Like I was spinning my wheels to no end. It was literally like I was on a treadmill trying to get somewhere on a bike and I just was staying in the same spot. And it was so nice to when I finally hired a coach to have someone that I didn't have to second guess where I was just like, you know what you're doing? I can start this path and then I can learn. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I was going down the wrong path. So you get to stop second guessing. You get to use us as a resource to answer those questions, to entertain those ideas of how do you get this lifestyle? How are you maintaining that physique while going and doing these things? And then you also get to get us to be objective because we are all just very subjective about ourselves. It's human nature to be subjective about yourself. So once you have a coach and once you have someone in your ear that is constantly objective, it helps you become more objective, just like Courtney was saying, where you're able to look at the variables, you're able to understand what's going on and make those decisions for yourself. So I absolutely love Courtney's passion that she has for it. And that's kind of what I fell into where I felt so hopeless growing up in my body. I was always so self-conscious every summer. I lifeguarded for many, many summers. Every summer I was like, you guys just wait till next summer. I'm actually going to be in shape. And then the next (laughs) summer would come and I would look exactly the same um, because I was spinning my wheels. So I wasn't making any progress forward. Um, And it was hard to let go of these notions and to take that step. I was also very afraid to fail. um, And I didn't want to make this big step of like, I'm doing this and then fail one more time. Um, Or I just didn't know if my ego could take it, honestly. Um, But it was something that I I just felt so lost growing up and so like confused as to how to make my body do what I wanted it to do that now that I have that knowledge, I feel so empowered by it and so passionate to be able to help other people. And we understand that not all of our clients are aspiring coaches and don't want to make this their whole entire life, but there's so much to be said about being able to live a life that you're proud of and that you feel good at in a day-to-day basis. Because again, I normalized feeling bad every day. I normalized having awful digestion. I was just like, this is how everyone is. I even normalized having depression because I thought that's how everyone felt. And I just dealt with it worse. I just didn't know how to handle it, but it turned out there was actually 
always something going on there. Um, but it's something that is very easy to normalize. It's easy to get into those, those habits. It's easy to fall into that, but it's much harder to take the step towards health. Um, and something else within health that I always like to make a note of, and I believe I've already said it in a PD podcast, but when it comes to the five leading causes of death in America, all of them have a diet related aspect. And it's something that we should be looking at how to move our bodies and how to fuel ourselves to be able to show up like we talked about earlier for ourselves, for our loved ones, for our significant others, for a future family, for your job. You can only show up. And if you're into Enneagrams, you want to show up as your healthy self or all those good quality traits that you read about for your Enneagram where you're like, man, I'm the shit. Um, (laughs) They're not the case if you're unhealthy. And by unhealthy, that can mean an uh, unhealthy mind, an unhealthy perception, an unhealthy body. It can mean a lot of things Mm -hmm. or having too much stress on your plate. So just a little side tangent there because I am so passionate about it. And I know Courtney is as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll go ahead and dive into the topic that she wanted to talk on here. Because like I said, we do want this to be educational. We do want you guys to be able to take away nuggets from this, be able to apply it from your life and really move forward. So Courtney really wanted to talk on client, our body recomposition, which I think is a very misunderstood topic where it's just kind of like, oh, do I want to gain muscle, lose fat or do both? I want to do both, of course, but um, (laughs) yeah, I wish we could all do it (laughs) at the same time. That would be phenomenal. Um, But being able to kind of dive into how you approach those different situations to be able to see that success for clients. Sure. So just to say before I really dive in, as a coach, I know you do this and Alex does this, Austin, everyone, Uh, we learn all about the client. So their background, your lifestyle, your history with food and exercise, your genetics, all the successes you've had and the places you want to improve. Um, We learn all about the things in their life that are naturally supporting their goals and then the things in life that could be limiting factors. And then with all of this background info, we make a plan. We set them up for success by leaning into the existing strengths. We make a specific and measurable, achievable, realistic, timely goal or a SMART goal for anyone who's familiar with the acronym. We identify ways to overcome those limiting factors, and then we build a program or programs tailored uniquely to you based on these goals and based on your lifestyle. Now, the key to beginning a program with a coach is to start with small actions that align with your goals that you are incredibly confident that you can adhere to. And then you have to be consistent and increase your awareness and that intention so that we can avoid falling into some of those habitual impulses. And then we want to be patient and trust the process. And instead of thinking about the massive goal and the end result three months down the line, think about what should I do today and what is my plan to achieve it today? And this is the way you can actually make sustainable, tangible success. So That being said, one concept I'm so excited to help clients with is understanding what true weight training and resistance training is, how it relates to body recomposition, why it's important, and the mindset you should have when you are newer to something like weight or resistance training. So as I was thinking about this, I did some quick research, (laughs) um, and the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines exercise as bodily exertion for the sake of developing developing and maintaining physical fitness. So then I looked up fitness or the state of being fit, and that is defined as adapted to the environment so as capable of surviving or sound physically and mentally. 
So when you think about the definitions of exercise and fitness, these are obviously two extremely vague, broad definitions. And there are literally hundreds of ways that you can work out to quote unquote exert energy and make sure that you stay physically and mentally sound and capable of survival. And there are many people out there who work out simply to burn calories and keep their internal health in good condition and to survive and have like a life filled with longevity and generally quality health. So this is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But I wanted to take these few moments to distinguish how resistance training is unique and how the benefits of resistance training extend far beyond someone whose goal is just to build muscle because I think that's a pretty common misconception as well. So when you think of somebody who looks lean or toned or muscular or strong, um, you need to know that they have not achieved this physique just from dieting or doing lots of cardio. They have achieved this look by building muscle over the course of time and then losing some of the fat that lies on top of the muscle to look more lean. This is the process that's commonly referred to as body recomposition. Um, And so I'll take a couple minutes and just dive into this a bit deeper. So the first thing you should know is that muscle growth is also referred to as muscle hypertrophy. And at a very high level, to achieve hypertrophy, we need our muscles to experience adequate, quote unquote, time under tension. So mechanical tension is the force you place on a muscle when you contract it against resistance. And then muscle damage is the micro tears in the muscle fibers, which activate protein synthesis and the rebuilding of tissue. Metabolic stress is a third important component when it comes to building muscle. And then we also need progressive overload. And you can overload a muscle in a few different ways. You can increase the weight that you're using over time. You can increase your volume, so the sets or reps you complete over time. You can increase your range of motion when you execute a specific movement. You can vary your rest times between your sets, and you can vary your tempo within each movement. So all of those things are really important technical components of gaining muscle or hypertrophy. Outside of the gym, muscle growth also requires eating enough calories and giving yourself enough rest so that your body can recover from your sessions and repair the muscle damage that you cause. Now, of course, genetics do play a role. We each have a quote-unquote genetic potential in terms of how much muscle we can gain naturally, and we all will gain muscle and store fat in different areas um, with different levels of ease. But this is normal, and we learn how to lean into our natural genetic strengths when it comes to that. Um, And one other thing that's super important to note, if you think you have built muscle, but you also think you look bulky or thicker than you would like to, um, the simple truth is that you just have some excess fat lying on top of your muscles, which again is also normal and um, healthy. So if you want to look less thick or bulky um, after building muscle, you can lose some excess fat by being in a careful caloric deficit for a structured period of time. As you can tell from that super quick description, body recomposition takes intelligent training where you have specific sets and reps, specific movements, specific tempos, et cetera. It takes adequate recovery in the form of sleep and rest and parasympathetic nervous system activity and um, food, enough calories and right types of food. 
It takes consistency, so consistently executing on all of these different things, and then it takes time. And the honest truth is, and I alluded to this earlier, is that most people go through years of carefully cycling through caloric surpluses where they're fueling their body and they're building in the gym, and then a deficit where they're eliminating a little bit of that excess fat while resistance training to give their bodies enough recovery and to build the ideal physique that they're looking for. Now, I mentioned resistance training does have several other health benefits besides just building muscle. So to quickly name a few, resistance training or weight training can decrease the risk of your skeletal muscle and bones deteriorating. It can decrease your risk of cardiovascular disease, hypertension, and diabetes, It can boost your immune function. It can improve your metabolic health. It can reduce your levels of stress and anxiety. It can improve your energy and your confidence, and it improves your ability to perform daily functions like Sue mentioned a little while ago. So clearly, even if your goal isn't to explicitly build muscle, there are several noteworthy reasons to resistance train. Yeah, and one more to add on to that is it can make sure that you don't have muscle imbalances, which especially as you age can become very detrimental to your mobility. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know when I was training an older demographic, one of the people I was training was like, why are you having me do hip thrusts? I'm not really trying to like build a booty. And I was like, well, why not? (laughs) Not to be rude, but you really don't have a lot of pelvic stability and you also don't have a lot of glute tissue here. And if we don't train this right now, then you are going to have some problems for anterior and posterior balance and being in a spot where you could really cause some injury or mobility issues down the road of being in a place where you have um, like if you, Courtney just got a massage while she was in town, but Mm. she was having her knees lift up because her hamstrings were tight. If someone has chronically tight hamstrings, then they might have chronically stretched out hip flexors. And so it's something that the balance um, posteriorly to anteriorly can cause a lot of damage down the road. And if you're thinking about someone with like an anterior pelvic tilt, that's something health-wise you want to fix just for you to be able to have a better quality of life. If someone uh, only trains their back and never trains their chest, they can start to um, kind of have the uh, hunchback situation or have Mm. problems within um, being able to do things. So it's something that, like she said, it doesn't just come from the building muscle or the aesthetic benefits from it. There are so many benefits to just moving your body and recognizing it doesn't have to be, I'm in the gym six days a week, grinding all the time. It can be, okay, I pick up weights and I do that a few times a week, but maybe I also just move my body. I I go to yoga, I go to cycling, I I go for a walk, I, I park further away. It's something that's a full picture. It's not just well, I'm a I'm not wanting to be a competitor, so I don't need to train that way. You definitely don't need to train that way. It's just being able to move your body and see the benefits of resistance training and having a physique that is going to thank you down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I joke all the time, but I live for future Courtney. So yes. this is one way of doing that to your point exactly. Of course, there are benefits that I see and feel here and now, and that's equally important when it comes to movement mm-hmm. and exercise. But um it is if you don't if you don't pay for the health and invest in that now, then you're going to pay for the the medicine or um, the mm-hmm. expenses down the road. And I love to be proactive, so this yes. is one way of doing that too. <laughs> 
Um, the one other thing I will touch on when talking about weight training or resistance training is the mentality that you should have if you are newer to this type of exercise or if you used to be more active in the gym and you're, you're hesitant about starting again. Um, we refer to this type of exercise as training, weight training, resistance training, et cetera, because if you're doing it consistently and with a strategy and a structure, you are being methodical and you are training your body to move and improve in specific ways. So you're building new skills and just like you do when you train for any other sport. And so knowing this, you're you're trying new things. It's okay if you're quote unquote not good when you're starting weight training or um, when you're, you're getting back in the gym or getting used to something new. In fact, it's completely normal to have moments where you feel awkward or if sessions are a little bit clunky or if you're watching videos on how to do something or reading inserts or excerpts about certain exercises. If you have lots of questions, all of that is normal and And honestly, it takes commitment to go into something that's a little uncomfortable, knowing there's much to learn and that you'll have some good days and that you'll have some clunky days. Mm -hmm. But we all experience that. I'm sure that you can speak to that too. Mm -hmm. Um, Weight training also takes humility, right? Maybe you've lifted weights in the past and you feel like you should know what you're doing or you already know what you're doing, but you're faced with concepts that challenge your previous habits or beliefs. Or maybe you're less experienced, but you want to be great and you want to execute things perfectly from the get-go and you just have to take yourself, take it slow for yourself. And weight training, weight training takes practice, just like any skill, right? It requires consistent physical and mental engagement. And just like anything, it takes time and practice before you're comfortable and before you can actually advance, which might mean picking up a heavier weight or doing a new movement. So The amazing thing is, I think, if you trust the process and you are vocal with your coach about your questions and the things that are going really well, but also the things that aren't going as well, you will improve quickly. And this is one perfect example to me of how progress can be so much more than just a number on a scale or the way that you look in a mirror. You can make progress by improving your understanding of what hypertrophy means, for example, or improving your understanding of the way that your weight training program is designed. You can make progress by learning how to prioritize your recovery and giving yourself proper nutrition and sleep. You can make progress by getting better at executing a certain movement and eventually increasing the weight that you use. So all of that said, Go into a weight training program or any type of program for exercise, giving yourself grace. Because if you're passionate and committed to your goals and you're open with a coach or you're consistently showing up, you are going to improve. And you shouldn't set yourself up for frustration or failure by setting expectations too high for yourself. Know yourself, be realistic, be honest, and give yourself grace. Set yourself up for success by starting small and keeping an open mind and communicating honestly with whoever's helping you. Yes, I absolutely love that. And if you go back to episode four, you can listen more on how to focus on form when starting out. And then episode two to hear about how to gauge progress along the way. It's something that we touched on in episode four. And then I know that I've had conversations past that episode of just touching on the fact that when it comes to working out, I feel like a lot of people inherently just expect themselves to be good right off the bat. I don't know if it's something where it's like fitness truly is for everyone in a different realm for each person, where it's like, oh, anyone can do fitness. So I should be perfect at it when I start out. But I look back at videos and I absolutely cringe at the way that I perform different things or like 
beliefs I thought to be true, but that's the beauty in it. Like Courtney said, you learn and you grow and you improve. When you first start school or let's like, I was about to say when you do cursive, but I guess they don't even really teach cursive (laughs) anymore. Um, But when it comes to school, when you start in your major, when you first go to that first class, you're not expected and you don't expect out of yourself to be the top in your field. It's the same thing with fitness. You don't walk into the gym and should expect yourself to be perfect. Give yourself grace, figure out what those goals are and be able to grow and mend yourself towards that. And I love that Courtney even brought up um, maybe a past belief as being challenged. And that's been something really cool with my dad where he was a D1 college athlete. He was a swimmer, but he's taken time throughout me becoming a personal trainer. And Alex and I, um, ha- having physique development with Austin and being able to have conversations of like, oh, I thought this was true, but I guess that's not. And him taking that time to learn and uh, like evolve and become a more healthy version of himself. And selfishly, I want that because I want my dad to live forever. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's something that it, it's you should give yourself grace and you should realize that it's going to take time not only to achieve your goals, but it's going to take time to get better at what you're doing. And when it comes to time, yes, that becomes very overwhelming. But like I said, the time's going to pass anyway. So might as well spend that time doing something productive towards your goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also something that for me, when I first started going in fitness, people ask me, like when they see my transformations, like, what have you done since then to achieve this? And it's like my work ethic and what I've been doing hasn't really changed. My body just needed time to gain the muscle, to lose the fat, to learn about my body, to learn different processes, to care about myself more, to make those changes. Mm-hmm. So it's something that with physique development, we will never try to bamboozle you with being like, quick fix, here you go, here's a transformation. Um, we try to be very upfront. It's going to take time, but it's going to be freaking worth it. Oh, yeah. um, and we're, we're here to change lives and we're here to impact people and improve people's health and wellness. So um, thank you so much, uh, Courtney, for being on. Um, we look forward to clients being able to interact and work with you. If you are interested in working with Cl- Courtney or any of the PD coaches, we'll leave the inquiry link in the show notes. But before we sign off, why don't you go ahead and tell us where people can find you on social media? Sure. So I um, can be found at Courtney.NaturallyMade on Instagram or Courtney Weisenflu, K-O-R-T-N-E-Y-W-E-I-S-E-N-F-L-U-H. And I am getting married soon, so that will likely be changing. Uh, So keep your ears and eyes open. I will definitely post a new handle when the time comes. Yes. Uh, So that'll be in the show notes as well, so you can easily get to it. And if she does change her name and her handle and you are listening to this maybe a year or two down the road and you're like, that's not in the show notes, Sue, um, (laughs) you can go to the Physique Development website and I'm sure that will be updated for you to be able to get that. But the inquiry link should still work and you should still be able to select which coach you prefer or if you have no preference. So thank you again, Courtney. It was so great having you on. Um, Hopefully listeners were able to not only take away something, but also be able to learn about you a little bit and learn about what makes you great as a coach and what we saw in you in physique development and why you wanted, why we wanted you um, a part of the staff. So thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Hey guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. 
Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you will find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.